0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the sports fan, presented by JK Contracting. Ready, break. Now, from the WATH studios, here's Joey Madore.
1: Welcome into the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting on this Tuesday. April 5th, 2022, 6.06 on the clock. we got a full-hour show. we were supposed to have Athens baseball for you at 5 on the radio today, but with the inclement weather game got canceled, puddles all over the field wouldn't have made for a good baseball game. But to replace it, we do have the sports fan here this afternoon. Joe Medore alongside Ross Christ and Andrew Allison as they file into the studio behind me. Someone had to be ready around here. Glad I was... <laughs> in place, (laughs) ready to go, but let's start off talking. Boys, first of all, talk about the great national championship game that we got to witness last night. We talked about it on the show, thought it had potentials to be a good one. It didn't look like it would be at first, but the Kansas Jayhawks rallied from a 16-point deficit, largest comeback ever in a March Madness championship game, to go on to win last night over the Tar Heels Just, boys, what were your general thoughts on the game? I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time.
0: Yeah, it's fun watching the game with you. Good evening to all our listeners. I feel bad for you if you're a UNC fan. (laughs) Let's look at Hubert Davis here. He had a 15-point lead at halftime, Mm -hmm. 16-point at one point, led his Tar Heels to a 29-10 record, defeated Duke in Coach K's last home game, Upset number one Baylor, eliminated his top arch rival in the Final Four, took an eight seed to the national title game, something that's only been done since 1985, and then monumentally collapsed in the second half. I think a lot of people right now are overlooking this collapse. This is a monumental failure for his his squad. And you're only as good as your most recent game. You're only as good as your most recent half. And that's what a lot of these UNC fans and Tar Heel fans are going to remember going into next season. He is a first-year head coach, so he's going to get a lot of um, praise getting his team as far as he did. But golly, what an utter failure for the second half of that game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if I I would call... I mean, yes, it was a collapse. They were up 16, but even at half when they were up 15... Yeah, I, I kind of sat there, and I, I looked to you guys, and I said, it, it still feels, like, it doesn't feel like it's a 15-point game right now. It feels like at any moment, Kansas can just snap their fingers and just be right back in the game. And that's, I mean, what it did, it, they, what, what did we determine? They opened up the half on a 10-0 run, something along something those lines.
0: There. It 9-10 points, something like that.
2: Yeah, and, and at that point, then you're just back into a dogfight, and that's what it was the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, doing it right here looks like, yeah, it's a 10-0 run to start out the second half, and obviously that had really got him right back into the game. I mean, at the end of the first half, I just remember UNC going on that run to really push it out to 15. I remember looking up, I'm mean, you know kind of looking at my phone for a second mid game, look back up, and all of a sudden it's a double-digit deficit for for uh, the Tar He or for the Jayhawks, excuse me, and then all of a sudden just what a comeback, but. You know, Ross, I think you bring up a great point. I mean, when you're up 15 in a national championship game, for a UNC team that had played great all tournament, they were, you know, just running hot, but so was that Jayhawks team. They gave up 47 in the second half and give credit, credit to Kansas. They really started attacking the paint a lot, kind of got away from the three ball. It worked for them great against Villanova. It wasn't working last night. They got the ball in t- inside to McCormick. Abaji started driving in. They really started attacking the basket and just slowly, slowly chipped all the way down and then i mean by the time there was 10 minutes left in the half they were out in front already at one point trailing by 16 great achievement for bill self candace their fourth ever national title i believe that ties them for sixth all time i'm sure you can very easily name the other schools one of them was the team they played against last night but uh also indiana duke and what uh, uh ucla obviously and then a few of them were tied there in the middle to put candace tied for sixth all time but really i mean Just what an accomplishment for Kansas last night. Uh, And a team that, unlike a lot of Bill Self's former teams, were not a bunch of one-and-done guys. These were guys who have been here for three, four years, gelling together and just impressive for Bill Self. We know how many guys he's brought in top recruits that come for one year and leave, but he really had a, a team that stuck together for two, three, four years, even some of these guys this year, and ended up paying off in the end.
0: Yeah, Bill Self, one of now 16 coaches to win multiple national titles. And I told you before, Joey, Kansas isn't paradise, is it? You know, you don't move to Kansas to retire. It's very, uh, it's amazing to me that he can convince these guys to come to the center of the country to come play some basketball because they're not going to get the same NIL deals as they would in some of the bigger cities, but... Yeah, you know, it was about a year ago today that Kansas signed Bill Self to this lifetime contract, which mm-hmm. is something that really we haven't heard about in college basketball. He has this like five-year rolling contract, ten million annually, making him the highest-paid coach out there in college basketball. But guess what? He delivers. He really does deliver. Whatever he said at halftime uh, to put a fire under his players really worked. Um, and you got to look at the Big Twelve now. Is the Big Twelve? The best conference in college basketball. You have Kansas making it to the title game. You had Texas Tech a couple years back. Then you had Baylor making it in. So Mm. is this now the powerhouse? That's a good point. Is is this where the the tide is turning? And we have to pay more respect to the Big 12. We give it a lot to the ACC, uh, rightfully so, um, with some of the teams there and some of the coaches there and some of the legacy there. But how this Kansas team has played and previous teams have played, I am starting to think now the Big 12 is where basketball is played at the highest level in college athletics. Back to back Maddies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Baylor did win well, last year. Well,
1: you, you Andrew, last night I think we're kind of you know taking a little bit of a shot at the Big 12 at one point, saying how Kansas dominates it all the time, and then I think I said well they won the title last year and it wasn't Kansas, uh, but then they bounced back and do it again this year.
2: Yeah. Uh, I just think, I mean, still top. Uh, it's very. To both of your
1: points, yes, they have some very good teams, but... Don't say the word top-heavy to me. I hate when people use that as... No, I'm... I'm uh, every I, conference is top-heavy. The best teams are, are really good.
2: Well, no, I'm saying, I, I think that, that, I mean, I don't know how to say not top-heavy, but I think the depth of the A- ACC, that you look at the fifth team, I would say I, I would probably be better than the Big 12's fifth team.
1: The fifth team in the ACC this year was like Wake Forest.
2: Okay.
0: And they stunk up the court, <laughs> didn't they? I mean, they stunk <laughs> up the court this year. So, it, you know, it could go back and forth. You have the stat lines in front of you there, Joey. Read me uh, Baycott's stats right there.
1: Three of 13 from the floor, nine of 13 from the foul line, 15 rebounds. I mean, the they guy's a rebounding machine, by the uh, way. But
0: yeah, and I, it, I loved it. He, this guy plays with so much heart. Who yeah. wouldn't want that guy on your team? Center, North Carolina playing on one leg, hurts his leg in the Duke game, comes back out, rolls his ankle on a court that's supposed to be one of the best uh, courts in the country. That's why apparently they wanted it at this court. Uh, There was some type of argument behind that. I don't know the science. I don't know who made that call. But poor guy comes out. The video shows that the floorboard comes up. Like, what is this, a a pirate ship? (laughs) This is supposed to be the national title. Okay? Who's ever the floorboard guy, you're fired. But how he played was absolutely incredible. He came out. I can't remember a time. um, Excuse me. He said he couldn't really jump moments before the tip-off. Needed help moving around afterwards. Aggravated by the injury in his right ankle. 38 minutes. 38 double-double.
1: To your credit, yesterday, Ross, you did bring up the fact that him being hurt could be a major factor in the game. You could tell he wasn't quite getting the push-off on the layups that you normally would. Obviously, like you said, he gets injured on in a non-contact play, by the way. He just went and pivoted, and like you said, the floorboard kind of bent, and he rolls his ankle, loses the ball, and Kansas is going the other way. Uh, but also, give a lot of credit to McCormick for Kansas. He was he was up for the challenge last night. He had double-double himself, 15 points, 10 rebounds. He hit the big hook shot in the paint to give Kansas mm. a three-point lead towards the end. Mm-hmm. That one was kind of Kept the, going back to that hook. Yeah, yeah, he did. It was really effective for him. He went 7-15 from the floor. Uh— I mean, Caleb Love for North Carolina had a fantastic tournament. He had so many big shots. I remember the end of the UCLA game. They went to him on like three or four straight possessions. He just kept knocking down threes. He didn't have it last night. Five of 24. I mean, I respect the moxie to keep shooting, but at some point we got to try to work the ball to somebody else. Carolina didn't have a great shooting game all around. Nobody really did. 31% from the field, 21% from behind the arc, and that's kind of indicative of the second half for them because they were doing a pretty darn good job in the first half they scored 40 points and they were locking down on defense but Kansas really had a barrage in that second half they got so many guys stepped up Remy Martin coming into the Mm -hmm. tournament I mean people were kind of looking at him he came in hurt uh as a transfer and people were kind of looking at him needed they said this guy needs to step up and provide minutes off the bench and he did that 14 points four or six from behind the arc last night it was a real team effort and it I think when you think of Kansas basketball, you think of a lot of individuals. You know, not really one great team at a time. Like, uh, you know, they had Wiggins back in the day. Joel Embiid. Uh, obviously guys like Perry Ellis, other guys. It's always a team of individuals at Kansas. But this, they really felt like a, a good core group for the Jayhawks this year.
0: Abaji, a name that you left off your list. A uh, superstar for Kansas this year. Uh, kind of a pedestrian night for him. Mm-hmm. You really couldn't find it. And, you know, Kansas actually could have pulled away from this game had he connected at that foul line. Yeah, yeah. it, it, would, just, have it yeah. would have been over. It would have been over. Like it, All hope could have been lost if he just hit a free throw. But he was having an off night. He did still make some athletic plays getting to the rim. Did anyone think at the very end of the game, the inbounds ball play hmm. where they're running with four points Six seconds something left, and they run out of bounds. Oh my goodness, we are going to have a shot at this game. This is going to be a shot for overtime. It was. It, it, it was just an, it seemed like it just seemed fate the way that this yeah. tournament has gone, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it's bad execution. I, I. It was weird that they were trying to go up the sideline on the pass. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he took three steps and two of them were out of bounds. I'm not sure how that wasn't the call on the floor to begin with. But
2: right, I, I don't understand. Like you said, I don't know why you necessarily just don't want to get it in bounds and then get fouled. I mean, I guess you did just miss the foul shots there the last time. Yeah, they but weren't great. They went 8-14 of yeah. in the game. Yeah, so right, I guess I get that point there. But still, that close to the sideline. And like you said, Joe, yeah, two of his steps were out of bounds. And then, you're, yeah, like you said, Ross, you're thinking, all right, we get a national championship game that's deserving of overtime. And then the kid airballs the three. It seemed like maybe it, it clipped the bottom of
1: the rim. It was playing out. Because if you remember North Carolina's last title against Villanova, where uh, I believe it was Marcus Page hit that crazy three-pointer with like mm-hmm. a second left, a second too many. Villanova came back down the other side of the court, hit the game-winning shot. But yeah, tough for the Tar Heels. Last two Natties they've been in lost by a combined six total points. Um, but at the end of the day, and I want to tell a little bit of a funny story. As we all said, we all picked Kansas minus four on the show yesterday. Came up a point short. Obagi could have hit his foul shots, or if they don't step out of bounds on the play, maybe maybe we get the cover on the show. But the funny thing is, we were out having a good time watching the game last night, and then I, I opened up the sports book. It's a 15-point game. Kansas doesn't look great at all. UNC, it just looks like they're a team of destiny. But I saw a plus 360, and I was like, you know what? Any other bet I might have made could be dead, but... If they come back and win this game, I'm going to be happy about it. <laughs> and I pulled the trigger, and it, it worked out great.
0: Dinner worked out on great. Joey.
1: I, I really – shoot. Yeah, no, that's back. what I'm hearing. That's all yeah. I'm hearing. Dinner yeah, on to Joey. Uh, Joey Big Bucks We're going to McDonald's. in the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> we take you guys out to Wendy's. We can get four for fours.
0: Well, the game's over now. We're going to be pushing to the offseason. We're going to be hitting the transfer portal. Looking at some of these lineups, guys, there was a lot of – Star players, but just necessarily being a star player in the national title game doesn't translate to the next level, mm-hmm. even though a lot of these guys uh, on these teams will get a look at the next level. Sure. Who do you guys think on these teams' uh, play will translate to the NBA and why? Um, I honestly think Badcott
1: has the, one of the better chances just because of how tenacious of a rebounder he is. That obviously fits into any NBA team. Um, very polished around the rim, although he wasn't showing it too well last night. I think this tournament really helped him play his way into potentially being a lottery pick in the draft. We'll see. Obviously, Abaji is a name that comes to mind, but Ross, you know how weird it gets. Once, you get, once you're once you like a four-year college kid, especially at a school like Kansas. Not cool anymore. Yeah, you, just, you just don't really draw that kind of attention from yeah. scouts anymore. It's all about potential. Like a guy like Chet Holmgren, who may not be the most proven prospect, but he's 19 years old and he's a freak athlete, so he's going to be the number one pick. It's a guy like Abadji who went through four years of college, averaging 18 a game, and he might be lucky to pick in the second round.
0: Why is it now sexy to be a top high school prospect, go to a program, get injured in preseason, sit out the whole season, and somehow become a draft pick? <laughs> like ring. Like, yeah. this is a growing trend that we're now seeing with the NBA draft. Um, what about Love, gentlemen? Uh, he was supposed to be a draft pick last, you know, last season he comes back uh comes back gets it done he was one of the key players yeah. against that duke against that duke team do you Absolutely. see him going to your favorite basketball squads next year and um, would you be happy if they was in the nba lineups yeah i think he's got a shot like he had a rough game last night
1: um but what i do like is when a guy's having a bad game and they don't their confidence doesn't waver i mean i think Dion waiters had a quote one time i think He said something about being 0 for 30 rather than 0 for 9, because if you go 0 for 9, you gave up on yourself and lost your confidence. That was kind of love last night. Love that. He lives by that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, he tried to knock down a couple big threes at the end. They just weren't dropping for him like they were earlier in the tournament. Like I said, he had a great tournament. He had 28 against Duke. He had 30 against UCLA in the Sweet 16. He was one of their key guys. Like you mentioned, draft guy, or he was in the – and his name was in the pot to get drafted last year. I think this year only helped that stock go up a little bit. He's still a younger guy. It's only a sophomore year. He's a true sophomore. I think he'll be 20 by the time the draft rolls around. So he definitely still has a shot. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they continue to build that thing uh, at, down at UNC post, you know, post the Roy Williams era. I don't think anybody really expected this kind of year out of this team this year. And whenever you're an eight seed going to the national championship in your down year, it's obviously could be the start of something special. Let's move on to another topic at this point. Boys, we we're talking about this before the, the show started, but Jason Williams and, and a couple other sources, maybe that's not the end of the road for coach K. Some people are hearing rumblings coming from down in North Carolina, that potentially this wasn't the last go around for coach K. What do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah. Um, I just don't, I, I don't, uh, you disagreed with me in this in production, but I don't get – I don't like that you can go there, have your whole, hey, I'm retiring. This is my last go round parade. All the schools we go to honor me. And supposedly there were reports that he got mad when there were schools that didn't honor him when he went there. And then you sit there and go, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to coach – continue to coach, and we're going to do this whole thing a whole nother time.
0: Yeah. It's, this, this really reminds me of Jay Leno. And Conan O'Brien. <laughs> this, this is a great segue into late-night talk shows. Um, Jay Leno said he was going to hang it up, hung it up, wasn't quite sure, gave the show to Conan, then came back. Conan leaves, TBS. And this is what we're going to happen at Duke if this does happen. Because imagine being John Shire, being the coach in waiting, being told that you're going to have one of the best jobs in the country, recruiting your butt off to sit backseat all year long while Coach K is getting you know, the red carpet pulled out, put in front of him everywhere he goes, and then to be told at the end of the season, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we're going to be doing this for one year. Who knows how many lo- more years he wants to do. Maybe Coach K looked in the mirror and said, this retirement thing's not for me. I can't head to the golf course every day. I don't want to be at the beach. I am, I am home inside the Cameron and I'll be here for a couple more years. So uh, there's definitely going to be controversy if this happens. There's no doubt. How couldn't there be controversy if it happens? So, you know, it will be great for us as, uh, as, as sportscasters getting, getting some of the juicy gossip coming out of here. But, of course, you take Coach K if he comes back, though. Don't yeah, you? absolutely. 100%. 100%. If, if Coach K comes back, I don't care if Coach K's blind. If he comes back, <laughs> he has the knowledge to get it done. He is a phenomenal coach. I want to throw this question your guys' way. Does it become easier to walk
1: away when the last year is like a terrible year, like if Duke missed the tournament for a second straight year? Do you think it becomes easier for him to just let it go rather than making a a crazy Final Four run? Obviously, they had every chance to go to the national championship. They just lost the UNC by four points. It almost seems like having the special year that they had almost sucks you back in for another year. It's a lot easier when you go out on top, but when you almost get there and lose, it seems like that's a little bit tougher to hang it up on.
2: Yeah, and I think that's kind of like the question is, would you rather lose by one or would you rather lose by 100? And, and like, right now I think it would probably be easier to retire if you're coming off of a year where you're finished, like, last or middle of the pack in the ACC where you're like, all right, I'm done. This year was awful. I just want to get out of here. But now there's kind of a a bad taste in your mouth. You you got to the Final Four. You lost to UNC of all teams.
1: They were a special team this year.
2: Yeah. You just ran into a rival and a rival that happened to be really good at that and now he kind of has a bad taste in his mouth, and I think that's probably why we're hearing these, oh, well, Kay doesn't want to go out on a loss to North Carolina in his final game in the final four of all places.
0: If he were to come back, he has three five-stars, two four-stars coming. Uh, Derek Whitehead starting forward, ESPN him at 94, another 94, Derek Lively, and another 94, Kyle Flipikowski. So... The pieces are there and if you can convince some of these one and duns to stay back I think um, remind me number 5 Paulo um, uh, Benchero Paulo Benchero is going to be playing in the NBA next he'll year, be the number number 1 or number 2 yeah, pick. Yeah if regardless who's coaching Duke I think this Duke team's going to be a phenomenal team this year, next year. They got they got all the players, all the pieces. Yeah, Jason Williams' kind of speculation is interesting.
1: You know, reading the article here talking about how Nolan Smith, obviously former Duke player, has been assisting the last couple of years. He's going to head over to Louisville. And I, it, it sounds like from how Jason Williams is putting it, obviously former Duke player, works for ESPN, does their morning radio show there. Um, but he's talking about how Nolan Smith being obviously in the Duke locker room could go over to Louisville, who is also in the ACC, and steal some of Duke's guys. And that's kind of where he thinks some of this holds some weight that maybe he comes back to kind of keep the, uh, the talent at Duke. But we'll see what happens. Definitely an interesting development moving into the offseason.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, um, so let's get some early predictions. I see ESPN saying right now, top team next season, Arkansas Razorbacks. Really? really? What do we think about that one?
2: Interesting. And they return a lot.
1: It, it's always elite eight run.
2: Yeah, return a lot, but also we that these freshmen are always making a massive difference. That Kentucky. Right, Kentucky. I mean, you, you just mentioned, what, three five-stars and two four-stars for yeah. the Blue Devils?
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, there's always that as well. But Arkansas is returning a lot, and they had a good run. They beat Gonzaga, number one overall seed. Gonzaga can't ever get it done, man.
2: No, they can't. It's just,
1: I mean, that national championship game last year was a blowout. Yeah. was the year it looked like they were finally going to do they it. took a, a Herculean half-court bank shot in to get to the to national championship last year, too. Right. Or Gonzaga, but they'll be up there interesting arkansas that's definitely an outside the box uh, kind of pick but like andrew said they do return a lot had an elite eight run this year so why not
0: how about looking up the road ohio state andrew i know you're <laughs> you're you're buckeye at heart yeah are you pencil happy? pencilman for fifth in the big you, 10 you yeah think ohio state has a you know a good a good shot to make a run at this thing
2: uh natty no i just i don't i don't have what the way the season ended I mean, I guess I did end up making it to the to the round of 32, but uh, Holtman has not done well in the tournament at Ohio State, which is odd because coming into Ohio State, his calling card was, you know, hey, he's never lost in the first round, and I don't think it was the first weekend he had lost in his career when he made it, and now he hasn't made it past the first weekend. So
1: yeah, I mean, he ran into a tough team, Villanova. Only made the final four this year. He didn't. He ran into a, a heck of a kid with Oriole Roberts. They did, lose, uh, they did lose an assistant coach to Maryland, though. I saw that. Ohio State. So we'll see. It's interesting. Holtman was another guy in the running for the Louisville job. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But we got to get to a quick break on the other side. There's a lot of rumors about old Jeff Bowles, head coach at Ohio University, and uh, he might be on the move. But he's not. He's staying in Athens for the time being. But how long can the Bobcats keep him around? We're going to talk about that. On the other side of this break, this is a sports fan presented by j k Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Integrated Services for Behavioral Health is the preeminent behavioral health organization in Southeast Ohio. It's an organization of
0: over 300 like-minded individuals that provide services to some of the most vulnerable populations believing in the resiliency of the individual. If you provide good services, if you care about the individual and you value communities, the opportunities are
2: endless. Since 1963, Donato's was built on three fundamentals, creating a superior product, hiring great people, and adhering to strong principles that promote goodwill in the community. Stop by East State Street and try out their appetizing pizzas, subs, salads, desserts, and beverages with party sizes available. Donato's only uses the freshest of ingredients with no artificial colors in their food. Eat fresh. Every piece is important. Only at Donato's on East State Street in Athens. Hi, this is Alicia Brooks with Matthews Insurance. Our agency is celebrating our 75th year in business in the Athens area. We are so thankful for our great clients and the outstanding companies we represent, like Ohio Mutual Insurance. With Ohio Mutual, we are able to provide you with comprehensive coverages for your home, auto, business, or farm. We would be honored to provide you great service and call you a client of ours. Give us a call at 740-593-5573 or Google us. Matthews Insurance. Friendly, reliable, local.
0: This is
2: the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
1: Back inside the WATH studios, this is the Sports Fan. Just got done chatting about the national championship game last night. Candace Jayhawks victorious, 72-69, and then some Coach K rumor swirling. Maybe this is, wasn't his last go around, but we're going to talk about some Athens hoops now, and that is the Ohio Bobcats. As it was rumored all weekend, fellas, that Bowles was one of the top candidates. Dan Dockett broke the news, I believe, Friday that uh, Bowles could be on the move to Butler, who had fired their head coach, but another former Ohio coach, but not from the state not from Ohio University, Ohio State, Thad Mata, at a retirement. He was at Indiana as associate athletic director the past couple of years, but now he's back in the coaching ranks at Butler, and that allows Jeff Bowles to stay at Ohio for another year. I'll see Coach Bowles three years, has had a good run, has a MAC championship, has a March Madness tournament win with the Bobcats. Did lose a lot of his top scorers from this year. They have a top prospect four-star recruit coming in this year a lot of young pieces there's a lot to figure out but obviously year in and year out with a coach like Jeff Bowles who's so well versed he was assistant coach at Ohio State a long time his name's out there he's always been in this area um with a guy when you have a when you're at a mid-major and have a coach that talented year in and year out there's going to be the rumors of oh this this big school is going to try to lure him away I mean how long do you think before I mean first of all what does Jeff Bowles have to do to solidify? that next big job and how long do you think the bobcats boys are gonna be able to keep him around here
2: Uh, another big tournament run i think is if they have another one i think he's gone he's gonna get a top job not a top job like uh he's gonna get a top mid-major job i think if they make another run or they have another good season like that
1: he's at a top mid-major i mean a lateral move butler's not a mid-major they're high major all right high major
0: then it's a big east all right high major high major then a top high major job Am I the only one that thinks the Butler Bulldogs is not that great of an advancement? I just don't see it. Yeah, not... Uh, I mean, they
1: haven't been, you know, the same Butler that was going to national championships in the early 2010s since Brad Stevens left. They've had some decent teams. They've never gotten quite back to... I mean, they're in the basement of the Big East, right?
2: Now. Right, but you're in the Big East. You can, you can be a top three team in the Big East and still make the tournament, whereas if you're the MAC and you don't win the conference tournament, you're not going to the dance.
0: I I just, the whole thing didn't sit right with me when it broke. I am happy for uh, Jeff Bowles getting these types of interviews, but you come back to your alma mater where you have great success, you recruit well, and then it just seems like, uh, I want him to leave at some point, but I would like him to leave for a bigger job. And the Butler job doesn't seem to be it, but who knows It's not that going to be that. It's definitely not that big splash
1: move. Like, no, it's you know, not. We were talking about him being linked to Louisville or Ohio State or right. schools like that, and Butler's obviously not up to that
2: uh, kind of billing. No, but if Jeff Bulls, which is rumored that he wants to be the next guy at Ohio State, that's where he started. His, he was an assistant there for a long time under Thad. And, I mean, he lives in Columbus. The rumor has been he wants to go to Ohio State. That was a logical stepping stone since the current Ohio State guy just got hired from there.
0: And let's look at former Ohio coaches, how well they've performed <laughs> after leaving the, the center of the universe, Athens, Ohio.
1: Yeah. Uh, John Gross. John Gross. Went to Illinois. Did not do well. Out. Got ran out of town.
0: Now he's back. Doing his thing in the MAC. He did. He and did one at Akron. There, there was some rumors that Gross was also up for, the butler. Uh, up, up for this Butler job as yep. well, trying to get back um, to a bigger school. So, I don't know. And then you also have to look at the locker room. You know, no, no one really talks about this as well. When a coach is considering leaving his crew, does this have some type of element, one, in recruiting? Of course it does. OK, because you're promised that you're going to be playing for someone who's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. It is the nature of the beast, but I'm just saying the obvious. And then, too, how about the returning guys? How about, you know, the guys that are going to be in that locker room that, you know, signed up to play for a certain individual who's no longer going to play in it? I mean, it's an inherent risk with any type of college sport because that's the nature of the beast. But, uh, yeah, you have to wonder with BVP in the transfer portal, with Mark Sears in the transfer portal, at all. Did these gentlemen see any type of writing on the wall? At all.
2: I mean, when it came out, so what the news broke on April Fool's, right? It broke on April 1st. I was like, you know, I hope this is an April Fool's joke, but I don't think it is. And the reason I thought, and I think, uh, is it John Rothstein? That's the college basketball guy, right? I got the name right.
1: He's a big one, yes. Yeah.
2: He uh he tweeted out and said like the way he tweeted out made it sound like all they had to do was cross their T's and dot their
1: I's and it was a done deal. And well, Dan Dockage had the original tweet. Was saying, it Dan Dockage? Saying something like uh it's you know, sorcerer telling him Jeff Bulls heading to butler. I'm gonna talk about it on my show. Probably got him some good viewers. Some some good viewership. I'm sure some yeah. Athens, Ohio natives tuned in to, to listen to that. But But that I
2: with what I was getting at is when I saw Sears and I saw BVP in the transfer portal, they came up before that. I was like, "Oh, he probably told these guys he's leaving for Butler, and that's why they're transferring out, and that's why I was so surprised it went to Thad and not Bulls."
0: Yeah, Thad. I mean, didn't Thad retire from coaching because he's not medically cleared to coach?
2: Yeah, he had some health issues at Ohio State, and that's why yeah,
1: something about the something about coaching Ohio State seems like
2: <laughs> <laughs> one. I health think issues. I Urban think Meyer, the uh, I think the characteristics are held in a little different standards for Thad than Urban. <laughs> yeah,
0: I like Thad motto. I think he's a good coach. um yeah, Everything
2: I've heard, good coach, good guy.
0: Yeah. So um, he's only 55 years old. I couldn't
1: believe when I saw that. I, he just he felt like he was so much older than me. I mean, he just felt like he was at Ohio State for years and years and years. So and he's been retired for a while now too. I mean,
0: not technically retired. Not, He's an associate Right. He's director, been not head coach for a doesn't while. doesn't have the strain of being an NCAA head coach. But, well, we get to keep Jeff Bowles. We'll call that a victory if you're a Bobcat fan, won't you? He certainly knows how to get it done. Now, looking at the Bobcats for next season, they have two of their best players in the transfer fo- portal. Their third leading scorer can no longer play college basketball because of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Their sharpshooter off the bench, uh, their star six man, is gone as well. league not looking great, though, if you're an Ohio basketball fan heading into next season. Yep. Uh, I mean, they have young players
1: who they're going to need to depend upon this next year for sure. A.J. Clayton comes to mind, uh, who was usually one of the first couple options off the bench. And again, he was supposed to be a senior in high school this year. So uh, him getting that experience is big. You need A.J. Azuma to step up. You need Ben Roderick to be a leader next year. You I need mean, Dwight if, Wilson to come back healthy, yes. I mean, if Ben Roderick's shooting 20% from three again, I mean, it doesn't really... <laughs> it's going to be a struggle. And you're going to ask your, your recruits coming in next year, then they got a couple pretty good ones, but you're going to ask them to grow up pretty quickly without a, without a Mark Sears or a Ben Vanderplus. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it. Now,
2: this is a little different scale, but when we talked about the top teams next year for the nation, they said, you know, a, a lot of it also depends on these incoming freshmen. And i think that's going to depend on if Ohio can compete in the mac i mean these guys need to grow, but you also need your four not what is what was the uh, a j kid rated on e s p n was it three star Four. was it a four star yep. I a. almost a. said four but then it wasn't wasn't positive so you're gonna need your four star kid to step up and help dominate the mac here
1: yeah, we got a j brown dude. Titans wide receiver <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's coming, he's coming in next year. Does
1: that count towards eligibility?
0: <laughs> is that legal? One thing Jeff Bowles is good at is uh, using that transfer portal. He's figured out a way to uh, lure people to southeastern Ohio. We saw that with the former Bob, Bobcat, then Musketeer, then Bobcat in yeah. yes. Carter. Yeah. Uh, kind of a unique way to come back to playing in the convo. So you bet your bottom dollar he's going to be watching that transfer portal, and he's going to try to build off of that because uh, there will be some guys who know about the success that he has had in the tournament. Um, And also, there's probably some guys that are sitting at schools, let's say in the Northeast Conference or the MAAC, that look at what BVP and look at what Mark Sears have done and now have catapulted themselves to playing in front of a national audience, or playing at you know a Power Five school, and getting these NIL deals that yep. might say, you know what, I'm going to be a three school superstar. I'm going to go from teeny bitty school, D two school, or very very small D one school, come to a mid major like Ohio, where you get to play in the combo, and then move on to one of these bigger schools. So let's see how he gets it done. the 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 landscape of college basketball has changed with this whole entire transfer. Window, so we'll see where it goes. Hot take: Jeff Bulls just brings in all of the St. Peter's guys that are in the transfer portal right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all rolling out. Yeah, they know when the when the getting's good, they're getting out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when it comes to basketball players, uh, it it feels like there's a good portion out there that like to be that that big fish in the small pond, right? Like, right. I mean, some of these guys, like uh, like Joe Toussaint from Iowa, has been linked with Ohio, and I mean that guy is probably thinking. I could come over there, run the point, and average 20 to 22 a game and have a great end to my college career, maybe make a tournament run in the MAC. And let's be honest, Bowles has done – he's had his misses in the transfer portal. Uh, Riff and Miguel a couple years ago comes to mind. But Dwight Wilson was a transfer portal guy. He brought in uh, Jason Carter, transfer portal guy. Brought in Tommy Schmack, obviously a transfer from D2 Finley. So he's had some success snagging guys. From out there in the market and hopefully he's able to grab one or two of them as well because right now I think they're going to have some in- intriguing pieces coming into next year but maturity is going to be a-, a big issue for Ohio uh, looking at the current roster quick uh, side note I will be interested to
2: see how because uh, Jeff Bulls is a really great recruiter we kind of touched on that but he learned how to recruit I'm assuming learned under, like, how to recruit and get these big recruits under Thad Mata Thad Mata was a hell of a recruiter at Ohio State how, how does him being back in the market? And I mean, Butler's in Indianapolis, so it's not like he's going to be recruiting Ohio in the same area Bowles does. I, I'd be interesting to see those recruiting battles between Bowles and then his former boss, Fad Mata.
0: Yeah, we'll see where that one goes. I mean, I think, still, if you're if you're thinking about transferring to an Ohio, you're thinking about what can it do for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you said, big fish, small pond. Um, I think you want to be the guy if you're going to come here from one of these bigger schools. You want to be a guy that can put up a double-double and hopefully advance your career to the next level. All these guys, I won't say all these guys. I think the majority of these guys are trying to figure out a way to get break into the league or to break in and to have a way to uh, provide for their families playing basketball, whether it be in the NBA or overseas. So um, that could be... A top goal for a lot of the transfers coming in here. So we'll see where this one goes next year. I do not have great hope right now for the Ohio Bobcats next season. We'll see. You're relying on a lot of young guys
1: to step up and play well at the moment. A lot of young guys. Yane Hathaway, he's a three-star recruit. They got A.J. Brown coming in. A.J. Clayton, obviously you're going to need him to take big steps. They're going to be young. I mean, Ben Roderick all of a sudden has become the, the lone senior leader of the squad. Miles Brown, too, I guess. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Right now, you don't have a point guard. So You still got any eligibility left? Me? Yeah. Uh, you don't want me running the point out, there, out of the basketball. Basketball was not my sport. I'm only good I for five eight, I, I stopped growing in eighth grade, and then everybody else got taller. So I stopped.
0: <laughs> and that was the end of my career. Well... We got Wilson coming back. Yep, right. Wilson. Number yep. three scorer. Very efficient. All time player in the state of New York for high school basketball points. Obviously, we'll be relying on him. Although, who knows if he comes back? Isn't he a super senior? He could make the decision to walk as well. Just, he could, you know, and to join the real world. Um, happy, he can happily come down here and join us in the studio if he wanted to. <laughs> um, we'll take anyone. But yeah, we'll see where this Ohio Bobcat team goes. Finished 25 and 10. Faltered at the end of the season. They ran out of gas. Other teams learned how to really guard Sears there. Um, finishing third in the MAC, a real, a real blow at the end of the season. After a starting with, I think it was 23 and three. Best start in program history. Best start, yep. in t- best start in program history. Then really faltered there at the end. Toledo and Kent State being uh, kind of the arch nemesis for us this year they just really couldn't figure those teams two teams out or then, they figured us out us
1: out and then little old akron swooped in at the end and took the whole thing anyway so you yep. there was there's nobody but we get to another break on the other side big news surrounding the masters as we were kind of talking about it last week but tiger woods is officially going to be playing this weekend and also we're going to talk a little bit about the Bengals and their strength of schedule upcoming this year they had a really easy schedule last year it's in top 10 toughest we're going to talk about how that will affect the upcoming season. This is a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. And right now at Wendy's, they're only a buck each. Wendy's
0: breakfast biscuits,
1: just a dollar. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet your buck on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's.
0: Limited time only A participating Wendy's. Offer only applies to bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuits. Limit five qualifying items per transaction and per person per day. Not valid in comment.
2: Roving reporter here. Excuse me, ma'am. I'll give you $14,934,386.83 if you can tell me the best place in town to get pops, chips, candy, sports drinks, and a lot more. Uh,
1: Stop and Cop? That's right! Stop and Cop drive Through Carryout is the best place to get party stuff. Munchies, all kinds of pops and sodas.
2: Excuse me. Candies
1: galore, chips, sports drinks.
2: Excuse me! Yes, what is it? What about my money? What money? Something something million dollars. Can't remember how much, huh? <laughs> Stop and Cop drive Through Carryout. 362 Richland Avenue, Athens. Proud supporter of high school sports. Local. Teams, local opinions, the
0: sports fan on 970 WATH.
1: <clears throat> Back inside the WATH studio, Joe Medor alongside Ross, Chris, and Andrew Allison bringing you the sports fan this afternoon. Again, we're supposed to have Athens baseball, but Mother Nature had other plans. So you got to listen to us for an hour today. Well, let's talk about it. I know Ross is fired up. As we got to talk to Bob Herrig last week, who's golf writer for the Athletic, worked at ESPN for a long time as well, and we were kind of talking about the potential of Tiger Woods being able to play in the Masters this upcoming weekend. And Ross, it looks like it's going to come through fruition. And uh, I mean, what a what a spectacle it would be if he. I and mean, it's it's setting an, a a really unreal expectation on him to show up and play extremely well, but it would be incredible if Tiger's just lighten it up at the Masters uh, this upcoming
0: weekend. Prayers have been answered. 14 months after Tiger Woods was somewhat battling for his life, Mm. almost lost a leg, says he's going to be playing at the greatest golf tournament in the world, the greatest golf player in the world, the greatest golfer ever, 15-time major champion, is going to be coming back to Augusta, Georgia. Thank God. Goodness, Tiger Woods is back. It's good for golf. I am pumped up for this. Of course, I'm going to be glued to my television now. The real question is, gentlemen, can he perform on the golf course? Mm-hmm. Can he do it? His practice rounds look good. His uh swing speed was up there. I was reading a ton of tweets out there. Uh Bob was saying that he looked good, but one thing to keep in mind, can he walk the course? Now, Augusta in itself For an able-bodied individual is actually a pretty challenging course to walk. 72 holes, four days. For a guy that almost just lost his leg, take golf out of the equation. Take that out. can you just get that walk in? It's certainly not easy. But if there's one man who has proven over time and proven the critics wrong when everyone doubted him out, it's Tiger Woods. And I'll tell you, if he comes back, And he wins this thing at 70 to one after uh, after this car crash, his second comeback ever. The real question debate is, is he the greatest sportsman ever? All sport. All sport. Does he surpass the, you know, the Babe Ruth, the Michael Jordan? Because if somehow he gets it done, I think we need to have that conversation. It's just remarkable what he's doing. It's great for the game of golf. You saw his practice rounds yesterday. the pictures coming out from that on a Monday practice round. you could only hope there'd be that many people at a college sporting event <laughs> for a, for like a championship. It was incredible what he can do one player can do, so uh I can't wait for this one
1: yeah, that's the biggest question as you were kind of posing there. Not only can he play around in golf, but the walking is a part of it the doing it four straight days at a high level. And obviously, you know, it, it could be just two if he doesn't end up making the cut on Friday. But,
0: you know, I mean, he's going to be the most followed guy all weekend. Yeah. Um, he's with South Africa's Louis Oestuzin. Excuse me, Louis, if I uh, <laughs> uh, butchered the name there in Chile's Joaquin Neiman. They're going to be teeing off at 10.34 a.m., Eastern time. That'll be Thursday morning. These guys have never seen this type of crowd before. No. I can pretty much guarantee you that. So, uh, But Tiger Woods says it doesn't matter if there's one person looking at the ball or a hundred people looking at the ball. You still hit the ball the same way, don't you? The a fact. Um, yeah, so we're going to see how this one plays out. Some other storylines coming out of Georgia. Defending Masters champion Hideki Matsuyama. He's going to be playing in the group behind Woods. However, the green jacket where from last year has a bit of a stiff neck. So mm. that's, a, that's one to watch because um, coming into an injury, with an injury, he's going to try to play through it. Uh, the Masters Dinner is also getting a ton of recognition right now. So how this tradition works, there's a lot of traditions that happen down there in Augusta. Uh, but the previous champion gets to pick a Masters Dinner, which is tonight, and it is for all the other previous champions. Mm. And they get to pick the menu. Hideki has picked black cod and sushi for tonight's drink. Uh, for t- t- tonight's meal. Sounds good. Am I making you hungry at home? Andrew, would you eat that? See, I, I'm not a big... Uh, I, haven't had sushi I, I would eat it, moment. but I'm not like a big sushi guy. So... Not, really. not a big yeah. sushi guy. All right. Well, we'll leave you off the Augusta list. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see how this one plays out. I think... In my heart, I want Tiger to be there on Sunday. In my head, 14 months, not playing golf. Nearly broken leg. Nearly amputated leg. Horrible car accident. I don't see him making the cut. What do we think here?
1: I agree. It's too much expectations on him um, to, like you said, recover from that. Hasn't been playing golf. But also... Very prideful man, obviously, as you know, if you if you followed kind of his his downfall and then the rise back up to winning the Masters, I have had I find it hard to believe that he has any doubts about himself being able to compete at the highest level, and then him deciding to play. I feel like if he's playing, he himself, those around him, feel like he has what it takes to hang around. I don't. Could be wrong. Could just be me. Like I said, it'd be just an awesome spectacle to watch, but we'll see. But I think your prediction's probably uh probably closer
0: to the truth. It's a it's a winner's mindset, isn't it? And he always has that winner's mindset. I watched that Michael Jordan documentary earlier this year and you could just tell like everything jordan did he wanted to win he didn't care if he was playing you in rock paper scissors he was in it to win tiger woods is quoted in saying if he enters a golf tournament he is not entering a golf tournament for sponsors he's not entering it for likes he's not entering it for uh promotional money he's entering it to win it because he thinks he can win it and he was asked that yesterday in his presser tiger woods do you think you can win this Yes, that's why I'm playing in it. So if Tiger Woods thinks he can win a golf tournament, a man who knows a thing about winning a golf tournament or two, take his word for it. Yeah. Maybe you should take his word. All right, I'm going back on everything I said. <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods will make the cut. Tiger Woods will be in contention. And Tiger Woods will be potentially wearing that green jacket on Sunday.
2: I'd also remind you that in his rise back up the first couple times he got out there on the course. I believe he withdrew before the cut even happened.
0: Yeah, I saw a prop bet trying to get put up right now on Barstool Sportsbook. What if Tiger withdraws? So if you're looking for a unique prop bet right now, head on over to the Barstool Sportsbook for that one. But Tiger started out today at 45-1 to in most Las Vegas sportsbooks. And right now he's... uh, Standing around seventy to one, I looked at about an hour before the show. So, hmm. if you want a long shot on your money, seventy to one, Joey, you, we know you like a bit of a punt. You know you're,
1: <laughs> you're a I bit think, of. I think Kansas coming back and winning last night was a little different than Tiger Woods winning the Masters. Bit rude to Tiger Woods there. I'm just
0: saying. We'll see. I got a feeling. Maybe we'll I'll have a,
1: you know, maybe I'll wake up Thursday have a different feeling.
0: 10:34 a.m. Thursday. It's the Masters. Tiger Woods teeing off. Tune in. It'll be great. CBS, as always. Jim Nance. he Vern Lundquist back? Is it? Is it Vern? No, It's has got to be. Nah,
1: Vern. Vern's, oh. Vern's got to be completely retired. He's right? usually somehow. He's usually somehow involved though, isn't he? He used to be like
2: the 17th or yeah, yeah, yeah. 17th hole forever. Good. I don't think he still is though.
0: If you want something to Google. Uh, while we're off air, and I'll put, give these gentlemen a little bit of a homework assignment, the, the, the professor and me. Look up the business arrangement that CBS has with the Masters. Very, very unique televised business arrangement for the rights for this. Very, very unique. Nothing else like it in the world of sport. Have you taught your class about it? We might have touched on it.
2: <laughs> so Vern Lundquist was on the 16th hole last year. I don't know if he is again this year, though. I haven't seen anything.
0: You
1: got to have Vern. If he's still kicking, Vern's got to be at the Masters. 81 years old, though. Mm. Great voice. Masters, they always bring out the best, don't they? Mm-hmm. Uncle Vern, baby. And it's Cohen inciting with uh, opening day of baseball. So you're, I know these next couple days are going to be brutal sports watching-wise, but just get till Thursday, and there'll be something to watch all day long. And then baseball, I mean, that's on for you know four or five consecutive months. So... reds know some people are pretty down on the reds right now um but you know everyone's world series contenders day one and they play the defending champs the braves on on thursday so
0: we are the official carriers of the reds for all of their games is that correct
1: correct boss man
0: okay you keep your eye on baseball more than most you will be heading to Uh, Baltimore here shortly after your graduation to move up to the big leagues. You'll be leaving us (laughs) in Athens, Ohio. But as this is the official station of the Cincinnati Reds and NL Central, give Reds fans some hope right now. Because all I'm hearing from Reds fans is they're trading away everyone. It's going to be a bum season. And even before the first pitch is being thrown out there, Joey, people are counting out the Reds. Tell me a reason why. The Reds could surprise some people this year. Um, You know, if you look at the lineup top to bottom,
1: obviously losing Castellanos is big. Uh, Winker, he kind of tailed off towards the end of last year, still a solid hitter. It's not a bottom-tier lineup in the major leagues. Joey Votto still has a little left. Jonathan India had a great rookie campaign last year, as well as Tyler Stevenson. Um, They made a move for Tommy Pham. He's a guy who can get on base. Moustakis is back. Naquin had his best... Season. I think top to bottom, they're going to have a decent lineup. And what is exciting is the Reds have actually called out their top two pitching prospects, Hunter Green and Nick Ladolo, and they are both slated to start, I believe, the first weekend of the season against the Braves. So that's always something to get fired up for. Uh, Hunter Green, he was a two way player in college. Uh, he was the number one uh, top pick a few years back. He's up. Nick Lodolo had a great year in the minors last year. I believe he had like a 2.7 ERA. So you got the youngsters to watch pitch. Tyler Molly's still a good pitcher. I don't know. Say it th- with vigor. Say it with vigor. They can hover around in the m- middle of the NL center this year again. I
0: think. And Andrew, I know you're heart- a great division. Andrew, your heart lies in Cleveland when it comes to baseball. It's a new name this year, a reason to get excited. The Guardians. Will the Guardians be playing in October?
2: Uh, no. And if <laughs> if they if they trade Jose Ramirez in the next two days, the The stadium might burn down. Someone is going to go in there and just have their. Someone's going to do something to the stadium if they trade Jose Ramirez.
0: Well, there you have it. If you are a fan of either of the professional baseball teams in Ohio, no need. I will say this: I can say with pretty decent confidence
1: that the Reds will be better than the Guardians.
2: Ooh! Is this the year that the Reds finally take
1: the Ohio Cup back? Could be. Been been like Cleveland like five straight years. I got here, but that's been the show. We appreciate you listening. For Ross Christ and Andrew Allison, I'm Joey Medore. This has been The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. We'll see you for a full hour tomorrow right back here at 6.06.